Welcome back to Pops and Pop Culture, a Riverdale rewatch podcast. I'm Maya. And I'm Luke, and we are here to discuss all things pop culture and dissect the wildest show on TV. And we're actually back for a non-Riverdale episode (laughs) for the first time in a long time. Um, I think it was Listen to Your Heart that kind of threw us off schedule a little bit. Yeah, because when we had to record that one twice. So, (laughs) that was a... a turning point but we're back out of hiding um i feel like the internet has been exploding over a lot of things right now but um we have some stories to talk about um should we just I'll, i can start us off with our first thing and this has been going on for like a few weeks this is not like the super like recent but there's been like a bunch of recent developments um is the jk rowling saga so, anyone who doesn't know, I don't know how you would know, but she is the author of the Harry Potter series. <laughs> and um, she came out of, well, I guess she just recently was, like, is releasing this, like, child children's book in, like, installments on her website for free. So, she's been, like, pretty active on Twitter, just, like, retweeting things of people's, like, reactions, and she's having, like, a photo contest for it where people, like, make drawings. So, she's been pretty active on Twitter recently, but then she took a break from her children's book promotion to tweet this interesting... She tweeted about... She, like, retweeted this article link, and it was, like, in the article title, it instead of saying, like, women, it said people who menstruate. Like, referring to, like, in general, people who menstruate. So, and she, like, was making fun of it, saying, like, didn't we used to have a word for that? Like, isn't it, like, women, women? Oh, it's women. So, she was basically, like, making fun of the article for using the term people who menstruate instead of the word woman. Um, And so, the internet came after her, called her a TERF, which stands for trans, or trans exclusionary radical feminist. Um, and this isn't even the first time that she's been, like, as she's been in hot water with, like, the trans community. Um, because I guess, like, a few months ago, she had, like, tweeted in support of a friend who had been fired over, like, not... I don't rec- think it was a friend. Or someone who had been, like, Just fired so- over, like, not recognizing like a transgender person's gender in like a workplace or something so there was already like stuff like brewing i feel like over the last few months about her being like problematic and like um not supporting trans people and then she like just really came full force with this tweet um so i feel like so then she was trending on twitter everyone was like coming after her the whole the whole thing and then Instead of apologizing, I feel like she doesn't apologize for these things. So she just doubled down on her um, her original tweet with a thread of tweets about, like... Okay, and this is where it gets really confusing. And, like, honestly, I don't really understand everything that she was even saying. But she's like talk- she was talking about, like, like, if we erase the word sex from our vocabulary, like then it, like, erases women's experience and, like, 
and she says like if trans people are discriminated against then i'd march with you like if they were which like they are so i'm like it doesn't even really make sense and she's like it's just like very confusing i, I don't know if you want to add anything right at this point <laughs> what were your like, yeah, well, initial reactions just one thing about her initial tweet it's this article that's called creating a more equal post covid-19 world for people who menstruate so it makes like like why why would you have a problem with that article and especially since she claims to be such a feminist yeah like why what it makes yeah. i mean obviously that's not like the biggest problem with what she did but well, why comment on the article that's trying to spread good information yeah it's literally and and the like by saying people who menstruate they're just including like trans men who yeah like previously were women and like still menstruate um and so it that like her original tweet like where she's like people who menstruate is like dumb and we shouldn't use that like phrase it's like kind of dumb we could just call people who menstruate women like i feel like that doesn't really even align with what she was saying later on where she was like erasing the word sex from our vocabulary is like really bad and i mean so after that she goes on and she posts this like six thousand word um like editorial on her own website about like her relationship to like trans people and like the trans movement and like her education that she's like like her self-education and like her experience like learning about it and all of her thoughts about it basically but it like doesn't even really make sense to me why she's so against the word people who menstruate because like she's i feel like her whole tirade is against er erasing the word sex but you can still have sex like a like the word sex and the word gender which mean different things and still refer to people who menstruate. Like, those things don't have to be, like, exclusionary. So it just doesn't really make any sense in that, like, way at all either. But anyway, so she goes on to post this, like, 6,000-word statement. Um, and it's, like, all of the things wrong with, like, the new, like, quote-unquote ra radical trans movement. Um, and she talks about how, like removing the word sex from our vocabulary is like bad for the med like in terms of like medical for like medical situations um she talks about like how too many people are becoming trans now and like like she's like if i like i was had mental health issues when i was a kid and maybe i would have become trans too which is just like so like she clearly just does not understand um and she like says, oh, I have, like, this one trans friend who is, like, talked to me about this oh, stuff, gosh. which I'm, like, like, you clearly know that's never, like, a good thing to say when you're, like, yeah. I know one trans person. <laughs> um, and then she, like, talks about her own sexual assault story and, like, how she feels. It, it, like, it, she doesn't come out and say this, but I feel like it's sort of implied in her statement that, like, she feels threatened by, like, including trans women in the feminist movement. And, like, how and she feels, like, including them erases her, like, involvement in the in the feminist movement. And there's, like, a whole history of that. It was in the 70s, there was kind of a split in the feminist movement. Um, 
surrounding whether trans women should be included in feminist spaces. So she, and I'm certainly not an expert on this, but just from what I was reading, her whole essay that she wrote is just echoing a lot of these talking points from turf slash gender critical feminists. Yeah. And she also, like, talks about how, like, everyone who is calling her a turf online is, like, it's, like, a basically a slur. And she's, like, taking, like, offense to it. When, when it's, like, really just, like, pointing out. Like, it does, it's not, like, a slur if you're just, like, pointing out that she's, like, a trans-exclusionary radical. Fe- like, it's, it's, like, it doesn't make sense to, like, take offense to it if it's true. <laughs> Um, so. yeah, and also in her essay, she wrote about how, I get, how the trans rights movement is interfering with the philanthropy that she's doing, Yeah, which, it's just... Yeah, I'm like, so you can't, uh, I mean... Yeah. So you can't, like, make yourself look good for <laughs> donating, like, your billions of dollars yeah it just like it doesn't make sense so anyway now like now everyone is like very i mean i feel like she sort of canceled herself like (laughs) this isn't even like the internet Well, literally in her essay she was like oh when i was first canceled i know which was like kind of funny but (laughs) now i feel like she's like like she's really it's not like everyone's just sort of coming at her for doing something that's like whatever like she's really like dug her heels in and, like, canceled herself. Um, so, like, there was this funny BuzzFeed article about, like, all these people who have Deathly Hollows tattoos and they're, like, oh, I saw that. grappling with, like, yeah. <laughs> having the tattoo on, on their bodies. Um, and then also, like, a ton of people that she's worked with have, like, come out basically against her. Um, I feel like, I think, like, first Daniel Radcliffe was, like, one of the first ones. And, like, in his statement, he was, like, I know, like, I owe my entire career to J.K. Rowling, but, like, obviously what she said is, like, not okay and trans women are women. Um, which I, like, respect him more for that. I mean, I feel like I didn't and really have an opinion about him, but, like, I definitely respect his him His whole more. statement is, like, a blog post on the Trevor Project. Yeah. And the whole last paragraph is all about sort of like, saying that he hopes this doesn't, like, ruin your relationship with the books because that's, like, between... Mm-hmm. Y- well, he says, like, that is between you and the book that you read and it is sacred. And in my opinion, nobody can touch that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel, like, very conflicted with that. Because, I mean, I feel like yeah. also what's interesting is, like, I feel like the moral, like, the overarching morals of Harry Potter are very, like ingrained in like love and like the power of love like yes that has like a very broad concept and there is not a lot of even though um daniel radcliffe does write in this like how um the books are about like strength and diversity but they're really really they're like very white there are like no gay characters well unless you count dumbledore although that's like a whole number oh, when... that's a whole nother yeah. story about because well, like, everyone got mad at her when she announced that dumbledore was gay because they're like why didn't you include that in the book if he actually yes. was like There's now you're just trying nobody... to like... 
explicitly written into the book. And Daniel Radcliffe writes about, like, if you believe that a particular character is trans, non-binary, or gender fluid, or that they are gay or bisexual. So there's, like, a lot of people in the fandom, like, lots of fan fiction. Yeah. I, as but, with, like, any series. But, like... Any, as with any series. But there's nothing explicitly written into the book. And I also do feel like... Like, I've read a, bun- a few things of people saying, like, it's, like, harder for them to support the books because, I mean, knowing that it's coming from someone who is, like, has these views, like, obviously these views at least somewhat impacted, like, what she wrote about in the book, like, to some extent. So, I don't know. And also there was, like, people saying, like, which I never even really thought about until this, like, the name, like, Cho Chang is, like, a little bit, like, questionable. Um... As, like, one of, like, the few Asian characters. So, just, like, a lot of... A lot of people are, like, reconsidering their relationship to the book. Um, But it was nice to see, like, a lot of people came out against her. In terms of, like... Like, I feel like like Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson... All of these people... Yeah, all of these people who have, like, basically owe their entire careers to her. Or, like, an extension of her. Like, I mean, Daniel Radcliffe would not be anywhere as close to as famous as he was, or oh. as he is now. I mean, none of them would None be. of them would Emma be. Watson. Yeah, too. Emma Watson. So, I mean, it's just, like, it's, like, nice to see that at least people are speaking out against it. Um, and I feel like Harry Potter, like, the Harry Potter world has, like, extended so much farther beyond J.K. Rowling, and that's not to say that, like, like things that jk rowling have said have definitely like tainted some aspects of the book but i feel like it has extended like these people are like associated with it too yeah if that makes sense like it's like she sort of created it but now like they've taken it and like made it into something i mean like obviously the movies were like under her influence but like not fully at least and like these actors and like other people involved are like a very big part of the harry potter the wizarding world (laughs) so and yeah and i also think like now like the harry potter world is so humongous like she can't be involved Mm -hmm. in like every single aspect of it but she does but she does continue to make like a ton of money off of everything Yeah. yeah so she is connected to everything um yeah that's like such it's an insane empire now (laughs) It's crazy. I feel like it could turn into, like, Disney or something and, like, start, like, buying all these other things. And, like, (laughs) honestly, it's... The scope of it is a little insane. Like, has it affected your relationship with the books at all? So, I mean... Well, because you know we've been talking about this. Because you reread the books, like, like Like, a few months ago. Just a couple weeks ago. Or a few weeks ago. And so I was going to reread them recently. Or recently. And then now I'm, like, questioning whether or not I should reread them or not. But I also just started reading The Hunger Games, which is actually way yeah. better than I remembered it. So I at least have that. But, um, yeah, I'm not, like, now I'm, like, not as sure. Especially, like, I mean, like, if I'm reading that, then I'm not reading, like, I feel like there's, like, a lot of other books that people are pushing right now which like feel more important than like the harry potter series so Mm -hmm. i don't know what about you um 
Hmm. I mean, I feel like I like will always love Harry Potter, and maybe that's like, I feel like I in this case I am able to like separate the art from the artist, but I get that that's also like a very privileged position to be able to take. Because I'm not, like, directly affected by her comments. But, yeah, I feel like, but I feel like, like, I I feel like there's nothing that's gonna, like, make me not like Harry Potter anymore. Yeah. I mean, I also feel like when you're reading, like, it's not, like... I feel like it's a little different when it's, like, an actor that you're, like, seeing on screen versus, like, a an author that's sort of, like... Like, I don't necessarily, like, associate the Harry Potter series. Like, that's, there's so much, like, I, in it, I really like, don't either. with her. Like, obviously, like, she wrote them and, like, you know her name and stuff. But it's not like she's, like... It's not like you're seeing her in the books or anything. Which, like, obviously, and- she's in, like, her influences in the books but like it's not as like noticeable so maybe it's different and i've never been like a fan of her personally in the way like i feel like I, there are some authors that i really like and i'm like a fan of their books and i'm also a fan of them as like people mm-hmm. yeah and i mean i haven't read any of her i stuff. actually just don't know very much about her at all but i've just like she's just never been like a big part of harry potter in my mind yeah and i think like like i haven't even watched very many like interviews of her or like i feel like there's like a lot of stuff that i just don't really know about her i feel like in recent years what i know about her is she's like very vocal on twitter of being like anti-trump which is also interesting because i mean we were talking about this earlier too but like i feel like she's very much like alienating her fan base because in recent years she's been like very vocally liberal on social media which i mean for anyone who's following her that like cares about that then like there's definitely like a section of her followers that are more conservative that wouldn't be like wouldn't like her as much and then now she is sort of saying these things that are not very popular among like um like people who are liberal and so she's sort of like cutting off her like, she's very much narrowing the people that can, like, agree with her um, opinions. So. Yes, but from my understanding of this whole situation, it seems like there is a, like there is a large enough group of people who do agree with her. And it seems like there's a, like a large enough sector of the feminist movement that yeah. agrees with her. I feel like it's maybe it's just not as the, not the... Um, the it's, vocal part of the feminist movement on Twitter. Like, it's not the people that I follow. Yeah. Yeah. But. Which I guess it's easy to, it's definitely, like, uh, me seeing the people that I follow on Twitter rather than the everyone on Twitter. But I also think her... that people who are more vocal are generally, like, more left-leaning. And in her um, essay... She talks about this, like, outpour of support she received for her comments. And it's, like, I think this is the point you made before, Luke, that, like, she's acting like she's doing, like, some service to I these know. people. Yeah. And then, like, no one asked you to come, like, speak about this. 
<laughs> and then also it's like compounded by the fact that like we're in the middle of like the most progress that the black lives matters the black lives matter movement has like gotten in years like there's like as well as pride month as well as well yeah so it's, <laughs> it's just, just like, terrible timing it's terrible timing but like i mean in this i feel like in the same way that like feminism is or some feminists like exclude um trans people from feminism like it's also like the feminist movement has been known to like exclude um people of color and like there's like that sort of like extra layer of like complication so it's just like very bad timing and like so many people are pointing out like now is not the time to be like bringing up these issues about like your personal vendetta and like in your personal like issue with the trans movement while like the black lives matter movement is like in full force and like needs like all the support it can get from allies so it's just like she's just like in one day like made the conversation all about her and like her personal issues with the the trans movement rather than like the black lives matter movement Mm -hmm. which is like so much like bigger than she is so i saw yeah i saw this post on instagram that was like connecting her comments with white supremacy like saying that it wasn't like just like poor timing or tone deaf but like what she's saying is actually connected um yeah to everything that's going on um and i'll just read like the very beginning of this post but i recommend like looking into this more but it says, in response to J.K. Rowling's recent bout of trans misogyny, some are saying that she should have read the room and realized that this moment of global uprising is not the time. Actually, she did. This is her res- This is her response. White backlash. Policing and fortifying gender slash sex boundaries has always been a tactic of white supremacy. So it kind of goes on to explain about this, like, turf ideologies actually rooted in eugenics, mm-hmm. which I just, like, did not know that at all, so... Like, they are connected. I thought that was interesting. Like, I feel like it's unclear whether or not she's, like, doing this on purpose. Like, to me, it doesn't seem like she was doing this on purpose. And it seems like she was just sort of, like, very tone deaf and not really aware of, like, the implications that her comments would have. But, like, Like, she's not aware of it, but, like, that's part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I wasn't aware of it either. But. But, like. But you're not, like, the one making the transphobic comments on Twitter, though. So, uh, it's just, like... That's why I'm saying it's, like, important to learn about it. Yeah. But, yeah. (laughs) But also, I mean, I feel like it's not... Like, reading the room is not that hard, especially in this moment when there's... Like, there's so much going on. Like, you can't escape it on social media. So, it's, like, it seems like she would, like, have the sensibility to, like hold off on her transphobic comments for a few weeks but um i feel like we should maybe move on from jk rowling um yeah this is like this is what she wanted us to do is talk about her for 20 minutes um yeah so should we move Um, on to so now we're gonna talk a little bit about bachelor nation stuff um and obviously because of like all the momentum that the black live black lives matter movement has had recently there are a lot of really important conversations to have about race and that are not related to the bachelor at all that's like the least important thing but 
this has had an impact on Bachelor Nation, which is, like, the whitest thing. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, and yeah. we can start with Hannah Brown's apology, which sort of, I guess it came, like, in the middle of all of this new momentum in the Black Lives And Matter we talked event. about the whole Hannah Brown N-word on Instagram Live situation. In our last I guess in our Listen to Your Heart episode. episode. Yeah. Oh, our last pop culture episode. Um, but, so, we talked about how Rachel Lindsay, who's the only black lead in Bachelor history, well, until yesterday's announcement. Yeah. Um, but... She had asked Hannah to issue, like, a formal apology, show her face, and she had not done it. But then, this was... I know it kind of feels like a long time ago. It was probably at least a week ago. Two weeks ago, maybe. Um, But Hannah did issue a formal apology on Instagram Live. When she said the N-word on her Instagram Live, that was before the murder of George Floyd and all of the protest. Yeah. But when she issued the apology, that was like at the height of everything. Um which I I do Which was like interesting I timing. I do have mixed feelings about it cuz she should not ma- be making this about her, but I don't think she did make it about her and because she prob she had such a large base yeah. that was supporting her and probably the majority of her followers are white. So, yeah, I feel like it was like I think it was an important time. I feel to, like for her to speak out. It was like to me, it felt more like she was sort of like, um, sort of educating and like bringing awareness to it. And I mean, it was like about her apology, but at the same time, she was like talking about the importance of like supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. So it was like sort of two things at once, I guess. So it was like a little bit questionable, but. Yeah, and I, I don't know how to judge the sincerity of her apology. Um, yeah, I feel like it's kind of a difficult like, thing to do. I just, I just don't know really what to say about that. Um, but I do think she did a good job with it. Um, and it didn't feel particularly performative to me. I mean, like a lot of people in Bachelor Nation have been, you know, posting things about the Black Lives Matter movement, and some of it feels very performative. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, but I feel like I do talked. think what she said, she did the best that she, she could do with like, she especially done with like the hole that she'd already dug herself into, like on the Instagram Live, and then posting the like the just like the words on her Instagram story. Like, I feel like she was sort of dug herself into this pretty deep hole. So I feel like, in terms of, like, it would have been better if she had just, like, initially just, like, said, like, been more sincere about it and, like, really, I don't know. She had, like, already kind of created a much bigger problem than just originally saying the N-word for herself. So she had, like, a lot to, like, sort of come out of. And I do think the best thing that she said was, don't defend me. Yeah. Like, I am responsible for this. Like, mm-hmm. it's not okay that I did this. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, she talked a lot about how she was, like, educating herself. And she, like, hired she someone hired to, somebody. like, teach her. Which was, like, a little bit interesting. Uh, I wish she had, like, recognized that she was, like, privileged enough to do that. That would, 
yeah maybe been yeah. but um she i felt like she she like did at least a good job of like recognizing like the history of like what she said and like i don't know making it like it seemed like she had like really taken the time at least from what she said like who knows if she, what she was saying was like actually true but like at least she like recognized the importance of like educating yourself and like at least made like an she like made an effort to like seriously educate herself more than just like reading an article or something so i thought that was it was a better apology than most apologies i feel like so mm-hmm. but that was sort of just like the very beginning of all of this like bachelor yes so then there was a bachelor diversity social media campaign so where they were demanding abc to cast a black lead to ca- to cast more people of color um and it was supported by a lot of like pretty prominent bachelor nation people like rachel lindsay and caitlin bristow and nick vial yeah. and there was like it, a petition with like over ninety thousand signatures i think on change.org yeah. And Rachel Lindsay had said, like, if they don't start, if they don't mm-hmm. cast a black bachelor, then I'm done with Bachelor Nation. And <laughs> we've talked about this before, how Rachel Lindsay often has to be, like, the bachelor spokesperson on race. Yeah. Um, Which I but can so she... pretty tiring in this moment. <laughs> yeah. So it's very understandable. Um, and also, I don't think The Bachelor even um, released any sort of statement or I, anything. I think, like, someone from ABC did. But they didn't. Okay. They, so they never directly addressed, like, The Bachelor diversity campaign. But they did talk about, like, we recognize that we've, like, not had the best track record with race and, like, sort of, like, a very vanilla statement about it and, like, how we're very excited to have our very first, like, black bachelor or something but did they did they release like even like a black lives matter statement oh. not that it, them doing that really helps anything because like, obviously that would be very performative and like all the companies that release them like that's totally meaningless yeah unless um, they're like, actually like and especially the companies that like continually perpetuate white supremacy but are like yeah releasing these statements um like including the bachelor franchise i don't even know if they released a statement um but rachel Lindsay is the co-host of the bachelor happy hour podcast which is like the official bachelor podcast along with becca kufrin who is another bachelorette and i don't normally listen to this one but they did do an episode on race and diversity in the bachelor franchise which i did not i haven't listened to the whole thing yet um but what's kind of interesting about that is Becca Kufrin's, I believe her fiancé, who she met on the show, he was already in, like, some controversy a couple years ago for liking, like, xenophobic, mm-hmm. homophobic, like, Post. racist, just everything bad <laughs> um, tweets, or Instagram posts, I think, um, which um, the Bachelor franchise of course, never commented on. 
Um, But he made this whole post essentially defending police officers. Like, he's just saying, like, with everything going on, I can't help thinking about the police officers. He's referring to them as a thin blue line. Like, it's really bad. Um, It's super, like, uncomfortable. It's it's really, really bad. Um, And so, which makes the situation with Rachel on the podcast, like... Even more awkward. And, like, yeah. And I guess Becca said she doesn't defend, like, what her fiancé said. Like, does she... Like, so... But... Like, what's her stance on it? But, like, it's still, like, a... Like, he has, like, a really big platform, so... Yeah. It's not... I mean... Not great. Yeah. And so, after, like, all of this... So, I mean, they announced, like, the first um, black lead for The Bachelor. Um... Yesterday, right? Yeah, and it, that will be airing in fall or in the spring, in the winter of twenty twenty one, which is actually not that far away. It sounds like really far away, but it's really not. It's only like mm-hmm. six months. And I also this is unrelated, but I did see that they're trying to film The Bachelorette this this summer. So I guess we will be getting mm-hmm. it in the fall. By that, but do we the usually first get black... in the fall? No. That's There's like the bachelor break, but the off season, but... But I guess that's when they would be playing. But we've had a pretty big off season. Well, oh, there is bachelor whatever greatest of all time oh, yeah, going yeah. on right now. I haven't watched that. I have not either. I don't really have interest in watching it. Um, but yes, the first black bachelor is Matt James, who oh, yeah. has yeah. never officially been on a Bachelor show. Which is interesting, he, too, because I feel like they always, like, reset yeah. people. And who was the person that they were, like, everyone was wanting instead of Peter? So that was Mike Johnson, who was oh, in Hannah's season. he also has, season. like, the same initials. That's why it's, like, because I thought Matt James was Mike Johnson, because they had, like, <laughs> the same initials. So I just, like, assume <laughs> they were the same person. Um no. But, yeah, so everyone wanted Mike to be The Bachelor in the fall. Yeah. Or whenever they were announcing the decision. But then um, they didn't. They but they Peter didn't. Instead. Um, and that season they chose Peter instead, out. which is, you know, fantastic decision. Yeah, I know. And um, so, but then Matt James has been in the, was in the quarantine crew. So I feel like he's in everyone, the quarantine like, crew, And he was going to be on... Claire Crawley season and so the reason that Matt James gained attention was because he's best friends with Tyler C from Hannah Brown season and if they couldn't get Tyler C we might as well get his best friend (laughs) basically um, but when at the height of Tyler's fame Matt James started to gain some attention just because he was Tyler's friend and they started this organization together. And then when he was in the quarantine crew, that's when his popularity really picked up. And then they announced that he was going to be on Claire Crawley's season. So everyone, like, actually cared about him. Um, Yeah. And I really like Matt James. I enjoy following him on social media. I honestly don't know that much about him. Um, But I really don't... I have no idea, like, what he's like... Like as in like, the show, like what's his yeah, own camera? It personality. will be interesting because we've never seen him in anything. And also, he has like 
he's friends with a lot of Bachelor Nation people, so he can, like, get advice and whatever, but he has no experience on this show. Yeah. Which, maybe that will be good for the show not to have, like, these alum that have been there for, like, seasons and seasons and seasons, like, someone who's actually, like, new and not as, like, ingrained in it. The, yeah, the world. I'm. I am curious why they didn't cast Mike though. And Mike, like, talked about it. He said, like, don't feel bad for me. I'm happy for Matt James or whatever. Um, but I am curious why they didn't cast him because there's a lot of people who really like him. Yeah, I don't know. That's and I, it, it's an interesting. Again, choice. it's a lot of the people that I follow because I know. I mean, this is, like, no, I am not trying to justify ABC or, like, excuse them at all, but, like, they're a large, the majority of the viewership is white, and there's a lot of, like, yeah, like, conservative Trump supporters, like, that's, like, a, they're a I large think a large part of the, of the viewership, and Rachel Lindsay's season did have low ratings, which definitely speaks to this. Yeah, which I feel like is partially probably why they haven't changed. Because I feel like there has been a lot of backlash or a lot of like criticism over the past like few years over. And that's why they they could afford to not do it. And they can afford to do it because at the end of the day, like the people who are watching don't like the a good portion of the people who are watching don't actually care about it it's just like the very vocal people on it's, like social media and like those are the people that i follow like, yeah. here to make friends like those are the people that are the ones I that are actually criticizing it um, um so that's like, definitely why after this after this like bachelor diversity campaign like it would be pretty hard to well especially i mean they can't get rid they can't lose they can't lose uh rachel Lindsay. like if they didn't have her they would like literally be like nothing anymore (laughs) she's like keeping them afloat basically um but i mean even she was like after they announced the new bachelor they were they um she was like this is not like enough like obviously this is good that they're doing this but like they still have a lot more diversity issues like I'm not just, like, on board only with this decision. Like, this has to reflect in, like, continual decisions after this one thing. So I wonder if that will, like, reflect in Claire Crawley's, like, cast, maybe. Hmm. And she also, like... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she also is calling for, like, more um, cast members to be, like, like, to be more focused on people who are like accepting of like biracial relationships and like things like that like people who are not like dating someone who's a different race than them for like the first time on tv like so it's like she she was like advocating for that as well which i thought was interesting but also an important thing to add to the conversation Mm -hmm. but also just this whole thing like I mean, obviously, I support this, like, Bachelor Diversity campaign, but it's, like, the whole franchise, there's so, so many problems with it. I still continue to watch it, but there's so many problems with it, so it's like, oh, look at us, like... (laughs) Yeah, I know. We have a black lead, but, like... Meanwhile, just, like, the format of the show is, like, already questionable. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's already, like, really sexist, and... Yeah. And also, everyone... Still, like, everyone they're casting is, like, very conventionally attractive. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, half half the contestants are from, like, 
beauty pageants, <laughs> literally. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, it's, like, an already, like, I feel like just, like, the form formula of the show is already prob- problematic. It gets kind of, that aspect of it is inescapable. And I do feel like I, as time goes on, it will, like, become more and more, like, old-fashioned, and then, like, someday we're going to look back on it and be like, how on earth was this, like, ever a thing? Well, it's already, like, very old-fashioned, and it's already, yeah. it already seems to be just, like, 20 years behind, like, yeah, the I know. They're actual like, world. But... Yeah. It's sort of like a bubble of, like, mm-hmm. like but a I guess capsule. they. Like, in the past season, we've seen that The Bachelor realized they need to, like, lean into this whole influencer thing if they want to stay relevant. So I guess they're realizing they'll have to, like, embrace diversity I know. if they want to stay relevant. And it it's t- the same... It took them a while, but they yeah. finally realized that. <laughs> um, it's the same thing with the Demi thing where they had, like, their first oh yeah, yeah, yeah. gay relationship. I'm so surprised um, that they haven't, like done more i i guess i'm not that surprised but i feel like like i feel like a bachelor and nation show with like all gay men or like all lesbian women could be like i feel like the like i feel like there are dating shows that do that but i can't imagine the like they need to like bring in a whole bunch of new people if they want to do that well yeah i but i just feel like uh i don't know maybe it would like like not taint, but, like, in terms of, like, their, like, more conservative viewership, it would, like, detract. Like, even if yeah. their conservative viewership wasn't watching that show, it would, like, reflect on their overall image. But. I don't know. Which is But dumb, even but... when they, when they, so they brought in Demi's girlfriend on Bachelor in Paradise. Which is, like, But these dumb. were two, like, really pl- pretty white blonde women. So well, they were yeah. like, they were it's, it's playing ba- it pretty it's baby, safe. It's baby steps. <laughs> um, when they, like, they brought in her girlfriend, like they obviously, that was like completely planned. Like they knew that was going to end up happening. Yeah. Like it was Also, like I can't like, get over Ooh. the fact that Chris Harrison was like, Demi is the queer queen we <laughs> all needed. <laughs> That's so bad. Chris Harrison, I don't oh even know God. how he's like. I feel like he's just so out of touch with, like, the world, but, like, he just, like, is, like, so vanilla and, like, yeah. oh, my God. Did you know that he wrote a romance novel? Did he actually? That's, I, like, from his, like, experience, he's been, like, so close to so many, like, real romances that he just, like, knows about it, you know? It was, like, five years ago that it was released, and Claire from here to make friends wrote a review and it's really funny oh god i i do not have interest in reading that um, yeah me neither but yeah or i have interest in reading the review not the book, <laughs> yeah but <laughs> so somehow um, we talked about this for like 45 minutes or well not quite but i'm, I'm impressed that we managed to find 45 minutes of conversation in these topics but I guess there's a lot to get well, into. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah. And we sort of just started talking about Bachelor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Craziness at um, the end, but... Yeah. So, we will be back on Wednesday, as Wednesday. usual, for another Riverdale, Riverdale episode. We're getting really close to the end of the first season. So then it starts... I feel like I'm excited to get past the first season because it really gets, like... 
really funny in like the future seasons. Well, just it gets so crazy. Yeah, like I feel like it will. Be, I feel like, like it's gonna more our conversations to will get more interesting. Yeah, yeah, it will be more enjoyable to talk about them because it will make less and less sense. And those but are it's also the, harder to like keep, keep track, track of what's of going what's, on. Like yeah. in that last episode, I was really struggling, like trying to talk about that party. So I feel like it's just gonna get like yeah. once the gargoyle well, I'm just, comes like, i'm just gonna be really confused about like because there's so many like characters and like weird things going and just on a million pl- like it already feels like there's so many plot lines but it's just like oh there's not even like close to as many as there will be though. yeah it just, <laughs> just like, grows exponentially yeah um, but we have a few weeks before we get to that um i guess we can plug our social media uh follow us on instagram and twitter they're both pops pop culture and you can send us an email at pops and pop culture at gmail.com write us a review on apple Podcasts, subscribe follow us on spotify all of that and we will see you on wednesday Bye. Bye. Bye.